the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier Infinity System. The energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient. Reduce your oil bill. By as much as 90%, they have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Cary Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL. System replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401-351-7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system. What if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free. Financing is available. 401-351-7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering. 401-351-7600. Wherever you can hear my voice right now, if someone damaged your vehicle and you need to get it fixed, call West Fountain, 272-3340. Four words, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They're right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. They're right off of 95. Folks, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. So whether it's a small dent or someone banged into your fender or your door, uh, maybe it, it happened a while ago and you just didn't get it fixed. Call West Fountain Auto Body. Let them handle everything for you. 401 272 3340. Wherever you can hear my voice, call West Fountain Auto Body 272-3340. Well, I want to just go on record. I think what you're seeing at the Rhode Island State House is completely unnecessary. Rhode Island, the uh, they called out the National Guard. I want to be very clear. There's no credible threat. And what a lot of people are missing is what happened. At the, they're doing this, they say, because of what happened at the Capitol. Now, over the weekend, you did see protests yesterday at different state houses. By the way, in some state houses, Michigan, I think Pennsylvania, a couple of the state houses, the people were carrying long guns, carrying arms, fully allowed by law. Can you imagine if uh, 20 guys showed up with long guns outside the Rhode Island State House? Uh, but National Guard, big presence, state police, uh, th- this is political. There's no credible threat. Let's just be very clear what this is about. This is to really demonize Trump supporters. If you're a Trump supporter, you are now looked at it. You're vicious. You're dangerous. You believe in insurrection. You want to execute some of the highest levels of the office. You should be humiliated. You desecrated that building. You rotten people. Trump supporters were always peaceful. Trump supporters back the blue. Trump supporters, no trouble at Trump rallies. They want to change that narrative. They're also using this to single-handedly try to put a final nail in the coffin 
of the Rhode Island Republican Party. And by the way, I'm going to predict the Rhode Island Republican Party is just going to be silent and not say anything. And people are disillusioned and people are getting disgusted and people are demanding action. But this show of force, because of what happened, no one from Rhode Island was involved with what happened, the situation at the Capitol. No one was arrested for what happened. There are some people that went down, but there's no evidence that anyone was involved with any wrongdoing. Uh, during the course of the summer, there were over 100 anti uh, defund the police, Black Lives Matter, Antifa protesters. As someone that went to all of them, over 100 of them arrested. There was one Trump supporter, one Trump supporter arrested that happened in November outside of Ann and Hope when a group of Trump supporters did what they call a honk and wave. They stand by a busy intersection and they're waving their flags and honking at people and people are honking and waving at them. And a bunch group of Black Lives Matter counterpressers showed up across the street and then they were um, a man went over to get a cup of coffee at the Dunkin Donuts and he was surrounded by Black Lives Matter protesters who basically set him up and uh, and he ended up getting arrested for pushing one of them, which was ridiculous. But think of that. So over 100 defund the police, anti-police, Black Lives Matter protesters arrested uh, during the course of, say, June to November and one Trump supporter, and yet you have military vehicles outside the Rhode Island State House right now. And, the, and the, by the way, the media, here it is. Well, you know, you have to. And they show a clip of the military vehicles at the Rhode Island State House. And then the next clip they show is Bedlam inside the Capitol. And they try to give the impression that those Rhode Island Republicans that support Trump, that could be them going inside the state house and they could be doing that and they need to be stopped and it's so serious and and terrible that's why they have to have military vehicles outside the state house now folks i'm gonna have more on this i do have some postings on it on the website depetro.com don't forget it depetro.com brought to you by all state lock experts in locking systems building security you can uh, log on security cameras very effective outside your home or business call all state lock 401-349 0042 or online at uh, allstatelock.com. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 7801. MEGA, MEGA professionals, 508 336 7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional 
who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil. Make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401-521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today. 401 521 Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401 521 This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays from 11 to 2 on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Uh, this portion of the program is passed by West Mountain Auto Body. If you're ever in an accident, call West Mountain Auto Body 272-3340. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. And joining me, he's the managing editor of OceanStateCart.com. It's Justin Katz. And Justin, the media had a little bit of a uh, Sunday flurry, as apparently now, the Rhode Island State House looks like a military base. It is, uh, and it, from what we understand, they're there until further notice. Could be the entire week. The Rhode Island State House has National Guard called out, plus state troopers surrounding the building, even though they admit there's no credible threat in any way. And the uh, head of the Rhode Island State Police said, Well, this is just here as a deterrent. Uh, what is your thoughts on this? Um, this operation to make Trump supporters look uh, violent and put a final nail in the coffin of the Rhode Island Republican Party. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll have to ask for your uh, <clears throat> to, not to, to make that last connection for me. I hadn't thought of that, but the I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to understand this, except as sort of a an expression of contempt for uh, the minority party people who agree with the minority party in Rhode Island. Um, and, you know, at, at a certain point, when there's no credible threat, there's no evidence that anybody in Rhode Island has, is going to be doing this. And after a year of there being of, of a pretty light hand with, with rioters and protesters on an ongoing basis, to the point that they, it's almost as if they had a, a COVID exemption in Rhode Island, the left-wing protesters over the last year. After that whole experience, and now with this show of force and this deterrent, it starts to look a lot more like suppression of free speech yes. than deterrent <clears throat> of, of violent reaction. There's, there's no evidence either in Rhode Island's recent history 
or in in any kind of intelligence or or social media uh, buzz. I'm certainly not hearing anything at all about intentions to do anything uh, negative at the state house. Uh, and I, I don't know that many Rhode Island conservatives or Republicans would even make that connection at this time to to protest the state house. But even if they did that, it's just a show. It's 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 hard to know. It's almost one of my children the other day commented about how it'll be interesting to see how this is all put in the history books in 30 years or so. Cool. And so and that made me wonder, you know, are, are they putting all these, this show of force out there to get those pictures in the history books in 30 years or 40 years so that it looks like there was some reason they had to be this way because Trump's supporters were so violent. But I think as an immediate issue, it is a, I mean, the left and the Democrats all talk a lot about how everything is a is suppression of voting, suppression of speech. This looks like a pretty clear su- suppression of speech to me, and and it, it's it's shameful. And and I wish uh, our law, our military and law enforcement weren't involved in it. Yes, and as far as deterrent, you're exactly right. I don't know about <clears throat> well, there's no credible threat, and if it's a deterrent to anything, it would be of any element of who would feel comfortable going up to protest when the state house has literally military trucks there, National Guard, if they want to be a deterrent, are they a deterrent towards protesters or against any type of violent act of the statehouse? If they want to be a deterrent to crime, they would be wise to take all those vehicles and park them three miles up on Broad Street where there's endless crime in Broad Street and Providence. And if you want to do a deterrent of things, that would certainly deter people from getting involved with any crime. But no, this is a tactic to you take it what happened there and then you bring it home so the people that casually follow the news they're thinking like oh wow you know this must be bad these trump supporters maybe they're going to storm the the rhode island state house now there's been no one from rhode island arrested there's been no one from rhode island charged in that um there's still this ongoing thing of anyone that you're guilty just for being there but to me this is uh you know as as someone that followed the protests pretty closely all summer my according to my count there's over 100 protesters that were arrested from may to december uh defund the police uh, black lives matter some element of uh antifa over 100 there was one trump supporter arrested and that's when he got an altercation because he was surrounded by black lives matter protesters at the end of hope thing so if if like if this is because of what happened in the capitol there's there's no indication in any way But I think it is – I think this is a way to frame it that if someone said we're going to have some kind of a rally or even at this point a Trump rally or something, people would be like, well, I don't know about that. That to me now, they've made that 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 equates danger. Yeah, I I mean the pictures I've been seeing with the state police SUVs all parked at the back of the state house where people – typically go just to rally and protest i think it's Correct. i think it's every tuesday at eight or nine o'clock there's a a prayer a, a non-denominational prayer uh activity there um they're typically walking around those rectangles right where the police are parked right now i mean it, it is it's right in a in your face kind of there will be no free speech on the state house grounds at this point i mean it's, i'm tempted to go up there with a sign just to see what happens yes you know it's, it's, I, it's hard I'm to think the exact same thing <laughs> let me know if you're going i'll meet you up there i felt yeah, exactly we'll have a, a, a protest of two um but it, yeah i mean it does have that police state feel and it, it makes me think of a lot of the, the national uh commentators and bloggers i read one of the, the refrains 
going around among them is this is not how people who are confident in their victory behave. <laughs> you don't, right. you, this, this is starting to feel like people who, who know they're, they're pulling something over and are trying to get away with it or, or at least advance the next phase of, of their uh, imposition of their power. But it's, it's really shameful. And you actually come to think of it, uh, incoming Lieutenant Governor or incoming Governor McKee ought to, ought to be asked to comment on whether this is really an appropriate use of, of Rhode Island's uh, police powers. That and, and it is interesting to me how the media doesn't even ask <clears throat> such as, um, you know, deterrent to what? Is this a deterrent towards violence or is it a deterrent towards you don't want anyone protesting there? Now, if that's the case, I mean, you had the riot back in, uh, you know, back in June, the famous riot in Providence. And then, you know, a few days later, they allowed 10,000 people to go to the Rhode Island State House. So who who are you trying to deter? Is this to deter any Trump supporters that want to rally or is this anyone? It is Martin Luther King Day. In the, in the past, you would get all kinds of sometimes protesters of people that would just go to, <clears throat> you know, talk about his message and so forth and commemorate and stand outside the state house. Well, you know, I'd like to see someone do that now with the, the National Guard and the state police surrounding the place like a military base. And Justin, I also think it's also an element of would they feel comfortable doing this had that been, um, you know, we, we saw all the riots in, uh, in, in Minneapolis and it started to break out in other places, but they didn't activate, the governor didn't activate the National Guard until after the riot in Providence. Uh, this, they're going ahead of the curve. That's a good question. And I haven't seen anyone ask Dan McKee, but I just wonder, would they be doing this if, and I don't want to get too much into hypotheticals, but I think race plays into this as well. They feel very comfortable labeling, you know, that the Trump supporters, let's let's face it, it's it's 95 percent Caucasian uh, that we see in the Capitol um, during the January 6th. I just wonder if everyone feel comfortable if, in fact, it had been people of color that were rioting in Washington. I Yeah, it's a. Uh... An obvious question to ask, and obviously, rioting is is now no not allowed, not permitted. That's right. Uh, and you know, I've, I, there has been some trend at the national level of of trying to kind of downplay or equivalent make equivalence between um, Trump supporters peacefully protesting and uh, what we saw over the past year. Even some indications of re- trying to redefine those as as right wing riots. Uh, so. It does make you wonder if some of this is to just show, yes, you have to be afraid of all protesters. You know, we saw those riots all year and that could happen again with the Trump supporters. So we're going to put up a lot of police uh, presence to make sure that that doesn't happen. There's, it's almost as if uh, there's just this this attempt to flip the narrative so that people in their minds start to blame Trump supporters for violence that they didn't commit. That's right. And I sat, you know, all summer, I would sit in those briefings where Governor Mundo would say, you know, protesting, it's the American way, it's in the Constitution, I support them. Um, but what the, the term that Congressman Langevin and Congressman Cicilline freely throw around now is the word domestic terrorists. Now, you and I both know there's no longer a Christopher Columbus statue in Providence. They had to remove it because, quote, protesters were having a hard time. They were vandalizing it. Uh, a bunch of them showed up one time with ropes and other things. I just wonder, Justin Katz, why is it? Why weren't they considered domestic terrorists? Why is it only the Trump people that were considered domestic terrorists? 
Oh yeah, I mean, not only that, but insurrection, and uh, that's the yes. that's the the media's term is violent insurrection. That's almost what you're you're supposed to call it out of the dictionary now. And and if you're talking domestic terrorism, I mean, the protests we saw were people trying to succeeding and or attempting to block highways, uh, disrupt economic activity, yes. destroy buildings. That's terrorism. Um, right. But that we're it's it's a very it's been a very strange gaslighting moment with a with a complete reversal of a lot of people's positions on the left and in the media uh, versus protesting as you just said the governor with her you know free speech is your right uh, well now now even speech before violence was speech now speech is violence it all depends on who's who's speaking um, and you, you get this impression nationally I mean first with the you do wonder if there's almost a memo that goes out out of the gate, just about everybody from from private email lists that I somehow ended up on to to national news media was this talk about how this was much was exponentially worse than any violence we've seen in the past year, which which to me is just ludicrous because it was a couple hours of a, of a crowd getting out of control perhaps some elements attempting to do something in a capital versus sustained day for days and weeks yeah violence destruction of property vandalism of, of statues and federal courthouses i mean to me there's no comparison in the other direction from what they're claiming uh so we, we've seen that huge flip but now it's all violence and insurrection um the the defund the police people are gone completely at this point so it's it's been a very eye-opening thing and now just to, it just adds to this surreal sense that there with all these these this police presence at a state house and then throughout Washington, DC. Uh, and I, I, I'm not sure how, what the, what the exit strategy is for the people in the media and on the left here, unless they just can intend to continue pounding this. And that may be it. I mean, they, they've watched, they participated in for four years, hashtag resist, right? Um, That's right. Yes. Years, years and years of illegitimate yep. election and, and foreign interference from Russia. And, and the yes. president is a Russian asset uh, right. protests in the street, burning down buildings, anger, anger, two impeachments. Now they, they know what they did. And so you do kind of wonder if, if this show of force is, is almost like a statement of, don't even think about it. <laughs> Don't even think about imitating what we did. We will shut you down with this military force. Uh, yeah. That that may be part of what they're what they're trying to accomplish. I don't think yeah. it'll work either. Can you imagine? I mean, the whole thing of resist—that's what everyone was told. That was the name of the movement uh, going back, and they started right out of the the gate. That was the weekend of the inauguration. Uh, that was the big gathering here. It was the women's march on Washington. I mean, they immediately jumped into action. We're supposed to now now. Now we're supposed to all accept it, and they're not, they really don't want any protesters in um, the D.C. area. Folks, quick break. A lot more ahead. Our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com, right here on The John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110, 508 336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, 
mega truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's mega truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. R.E. Coogan Heating. Call Coogs today. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Remember, whether it's plumbing, heating, or cooling, residential services, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone, they say. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today at 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable for plumbing, heating, and cooling. From winter to summer, the trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time, from service calls to maintenance agreements to installation. R.E. Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers. They pride themselves. They make customer service and satisfaction a top priority. As they say, as Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's Coogs. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, I want to just go back to, you made a very good point. I mean, we watched night after night uh, destruction. Uh, we were told, remember, it was only property with uh, the cities that were burned and looting and destroyed. The bulk, first of all, 99.9% of the people that went to the Trump speech and were in Washington and then walked over were peaceful. Most of the people that went inside the Capitol, you know, after watching months of the other side doing all these protests, they felt, you know, we want in on the action. All right, we're going to do it. We're going to do that. Most of the people you saw, they didn't break anything. They went inside what they do. Most of them were doing selfies and taking pictures. I think one of the best, uh, funniest things in the Trump people's footage that even when they're inside the Capitol, they're following inside the rope line. They have like the, yeah. the stanchion set up. They're actually following that. Now, you would think, you know, there's no one grabbing it and then like smashing those paintings. There's no reports of uh, any of the, this beautiful artwork in the Capitol. There's no reports of any of that damage. They did rummage through some of the office of Pelosi and, and that type of thing. But even some of the new footage that has come out on the Senate chambers, you see the one of the guards saying to some of the protesters, listen, you guys, you need to really leave here. And then they actually left. <laughs> one of them scribbled a note to Pence, but they actually then got up and, and left. And one of the protesters saying, hey, guys, is this a sacred place? Like you can't damage anything. Uh, again, I'm not condoning it, but just the way it's depicted. And as you say, the insurrection and the Capitol riot and my God and. You know, I'm getting email from people. They desecrated the building and everything. You know, look at what but New York City was boarded up after the riots. Uh, you know, Atlanta still hasn't come back to those sections. Obviously, Minneapolis, they burned the police station to the ground. I think by and large comparison, Justin, we're seeing this to me is 
They want to make a lasting image and embarrass all Trump supporters where you would think, you know, they want people to think twice about ever voting Republican again. But I'm sure that's their effort, although as videos come out, it's going to be harder and harder. And that's the Internet age. But I, I think um, I wanted to direct your listeners to OceanStateCurrent.com. I, I did do a pretty lengthy analysis of two very long videos that show the entire thing from start to, to when Ashley Babbitt was shot. I want to direct uh, listeners' attention to that oh, on OceanStateCurrent.com. But, but what you see is on those videos is exactly that. I mean, it's it's and I think anybody honest has to ask themselves, actually, how far would I have gone you know, right. if I were in that crowd? And I think, but it's, again, the, the contrast between what we're being told and what's really happening, if you look at the facts, I was, I, I, as I mentioned, I've been in some private email threads that I didn't ask to be on and, and somewhat prominent Rhode Islanders on the, on the other side are, are very up in arms and putting up stories about how this was a, an armed insurrection that intended to capture and assassinate the vice president. And their evidence is a guy in a buffalo pelt scribbling yep. a note to Pence, we're, we're going to get you. Like that's, yeah. you know, and I'll, I'll wait to see the evidence that that guy's part of some plot. Uh, and right. then when you watch the video, the one you so, you mentioned with the, hey guys, this is a sacred place. You see that guy walk into the chamber and he walks in like, hey, there's like four people around. It's like after a bar is closed. Right. He, he wanders up. And, oh, I mean, he, it's, it's comical to think that this is what it looks like when you just came very close to assassinating the vice president. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's really ridiculous. And now we're hearing, oh, hundreds of people arrested and charged with vandalism. But most of them were just as far as I can tell, the evidence I've seen, most of them were just clowns taking yeah. selfies and, and running around, or they just happened to be in the picture. And one of their friends said, or not friends, one of their coworkers or somebody said that person was there and turned them in. And now they're all being prosecuted. And then, but, but to get back to it, you, that all contributes to this generation of a narrative. This was this, a mob, a crowd, hundreds of arrests. But, and you kind of have to ask yourself, should those people have been arrested? Was it enough to be carrying, I mean, as foolish as it might be to take, be taking a picture in a, in a Capitol with a Confederate flag? I mean, is that, is that really enough to be talking about this person was arrested for insurrection? I, I, maybe, maybe 150 years ago, but now, I, I, you know, it's, it's hard to see, especially when you consider um, during the inauguration in 2017, there were plenty of arrests for actual crimes, violence and destruction, and they were all dismissed, as from what I recall. Correct. And but and so now we're now we're supposed to be taking this idea that that a handful of people uh, and, it, and it, it, I think this is why I'm starting. I think it took the, the events of the sixth kind of took everybody by surprise. And I think a lot of people who, who are a little bit more sane, especially um, especially those who support Republicans or the president, um, are starting to get their footing again. And, and uh, you know, you see things like the, the New York, I think it was a New York Times editor who tweeted it out, like, is there any legal reason to own zip ties? I mean, oh, boy. They're, they're, just, they're just so comically out of touch with the world and trying to make it seem like this, these, these clowns mugging for the camera uh, at this, at, in the middle of the state house were part of some, some legitimately organized crime against uh, humanities. It's just so out of touch with reality. I think people are starting to, starting to see that and, and kind of get their footing and say, okay, hey, wait a minute. I went along, I started every, every post I put up on social media with, of course, this was wrong and terrible and blah, blah, blah. But let's let's get some reality here. And then you add in, you know, the police presence at an empty state house and you, you start to think, yeah, this is this is this is narrative. This isn't real, real news. 
Folks, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor at OceanStateCart.com. Now, Justin, on the local front, uh, more people have called for the resignation of Representative Justin Price. Folks, he's the representative. He went to the Capitol. He went to Washington. If you go inside, there's no report that the police are looking for him. There's no report that there was any law-breaking. And yet a movement started that they wanted him to resign, number one, for being there, and then number two, he tweeted out that he thought that uh, it's possible Black Lives Matter and Antifa could have been involved. And by the way, <clears throat> John Sullivan, who's some kind of like a Black Lives Matter activist, not like a leader, but he was arrested. Uh, he was then featured on CNN as a journalist, but he, he was arrested and he had some problems in Utah. But Justin, do you think now is uh, Justin Price, so to speak, like out of the woods? Or do you think that, that there is still now he benefited from not being in session last week? And I think I'll I'll be interested to see if they meet this week, because I think because of, quote, they're so afraid and the potential threat that they may not even meet this week. But I think he did benefit from not having the media like put the camera microphones in his face. But where do you think that story is? Well, I I think it's it's on the it's like the tide going out at this point. I mean, the the left and the Democrat Party in Rhode Island is powerful enough and has enough uh, supporters and money to to make anything seem like a groundswell for a week um and you know and the, the media plays into this like ed fitzpatrick in the, the boston globe you know starts his, his article with facing mounting pressure to resign well you know yeah. come on it, it was a, it was a handful right. of activists and progressive um legislators uh and you know and of course fitzpatrick throws in ideas of the, the antifa thing uh you know it's a debunked conspiracy theory. Well, no, that's actually factually incorrect. It's something is right. not something that is not debunked just because it hasn't been proven. It's Correct. debunked when something else is proven. And at right. this point, we don't know. I mean, no. a lot of the firsthand reports I'm seeing out of Washington were were from people who've been in counterintelligence and who were there either participating or observing and said, they, I saw a group of 12 people looking like they were marching in some kind of military file to, to go into the Capitol building. So, I mean, there was stuff going on. Uh, yes. There's uh, in my article on Ocean State Current, I, I point out that there's this one guy and interestingly enough, I haven't seen him in a single wanted poster or arrest report. One guy who, who, First, we first see him in John Sullivan's video disrupt. Uh, he, he, the Trump supporters are kind of in a bottleneck negotiating with very calmly with about a dozen Capitol Police officers. And just as everything seems to be resolving, this one guy kind of starts screaming and acting like a maniac. And, and everybody at that point, the calm kind of breaks. The same guy was the only person that I could identify breaking windows in that hallway where Ashley Babbitt was shot. And then right. he's taking the lead, trying to bang the door down. And interestingly enough, somebody had handed him a crash helmet to use as a, a yes, I saw that. at that point. So yep. that I mean, so th- that looked to me like this one guy had a, an outsized role and wasn't identifiably a, a Trump supporting type until at the end when it looked like somebody handed him a, a MAGA hat that he never actually put on but held in his hand. But so we don't know what happened. It could have been right. It could have been Antifa, could have been Proud Boys, could have been <laughs> Pelosi ninjas or a Donald Trump conspiracy. We, we don't know. All of those things could have been going on at the same time, for all we know. But the idea that it's, it's just out beyond the bounds to even speculate. For, and, you know, in, in another situation, you could easily imagine if Justin Price, if this were flipped and it were a progressive march, and Justin Price were, say, uh, Regenberg or something, saying, I saw Proud Boys there starting the violence. That would not be your conspiracy theory, you've got to resign. That would be, oh, it's a firsthand 
testimony from somebody who was there. So right. I, I think a lot of that is is really right back to that narrative. And I, but I think at this point, um, the Speaker of the House, Shikarchi, although he's he's tried to balance that line without without kind of smashing the hopes of the progressives, uh, has has kind of said, well, you know, speech is not. Uh, we're not going to throw somebody out of here for, for free speech. Uh, and so if there's no evidence he did anything, it probably won't happen. And at the same time, I know the gaspyproject.com has a petition under the header of abolish the cancel culture, which sends a, a message to Seth Magaziner, the treasurer who started some of this with Justin Price, Shikarchi, and also to Justin Price uh, to bolster him up. And he, so I, I know he's he's gotten I think it's a few hundred of those emails at this point. So he's not if if he's not going to cave and if the House leadership isn't going to gun for him for no reason, I think it'll it'll pretty quickly go away, uh, despite the efforts of the progressives in and out of the news media. Folks, quick break. Our segment politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401-305-3585. You've seen her store. It's right in that old white church. It's My Health, because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, we understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible acai berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy in children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, because remember, it's your health. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Naturals at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Remember, Preferred Towing and Recovery, they're located in Lincoln, and they service the entire state. Preferred is also female-owned and operated by Christine, along with her husband, Mark Labby. They specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, repossessions, and private property towing services. You know, Mark has been doing repossessions for 30 years. He gets the job done safely, securely. Preferred towing. Call them today, 401-725-8500, 401-725-8500, or online at preferredrecovery.com, as well as Facebook, Preferred 
towing. They can also, you know, they buy older vintage cars. Maybe it's from the 60s, 70s. Maybe you have one that's been sitting in your garage for who knows how long, the last 15 years. And you keep saying, you know, someday I'm going to restore that. But how about instead call today, 401-725-8500. Call for a fair offer today. It's preferred towing in recovery located in Lincoln, 401 725 8500. Again, they've been doing repossessions for 30 years. They'll get the job done safely, secured, safely, and securely. Preferred towing, 401 725 8500 or online, preferredrecovery.com. They're also on Facebook. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. So, Justin, this is interesting. Governor Mundo had her uh, press briefing. Um, she would not take any questions. And the Boston Globe covering Rhode Island had an interesting story where they asked, will she comment any more as governor? And the response was no comment. And I think there were uh, different people pointing out. It's one thing if you said, I, I can't talk about anything to do with the Biden administration. I'm not going to comment on the situation at the Capitol. But let's face it, we, we have major problems here with the vaccine distribution. It's nowhere near what they thought it was going to be. The uh, the amount of people, uh, you know, positive testing positive for COVID is Rhode Island still very, very high. What, what do you make of the fact that Governor Mundo uh, would not take any questions from the press? Well, it does seem like a, a convenient opportunity to, to stop getting uh, any any bad press right when she's going to have to be facing senatorial uh, confirmation for her position. On the other hand, I mean, always striving to be fair, there there is it is possible that they're thinking, let me, I don't have to be the, the spotlight in the room. Let me start to back out. It was kind of abrupt uh, to, I'm just not taking any questions. Um, but in some ways it might be, it might be uh, the right thing to do where you start here, I'm going to direct you to the people who are going to be continuing to address these issues. Uh, she should, you know, stay on the stage, I think. But I, I, I do think, and as a skeptic of the news media, I, I do think some of the some of the complaints that you're hearing from just about every news station in Rhode Island is that they, you know, they've they've invested a lot in getting access to Governor Raimondo. Yes, and Good now point. now she's just going, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not. That's all right. of that's out the window. All that time you spent on me. Sorry, uh, in my view, all of the compromises you made in your journalistic integrity, uh, you know, she's on to her next thing. So there is that kind of feeling of see ya. And yes, I think that's like I think they that's, got played. Yeah, I think yes. that's what the, the news media is kind of reacting to. I, I doubt they'll learn from it. But um, so I, I don't think it's necessarily a negative. I don't know that the governor has anything much to say on these things. And so the only real the only real you know value she adds or, or that coverage would add would be if she were up for if she were still susceptible to Rhode Island's uh, political pressures which she's soon to be elevated from uh, at least for a time so so you know I, I don't know that I'm too disappointed that she didn't answer questions and I think some of the reaction is, is overblown but I think a little bit more of a transition would be advisable but you know this it's it's still all very much in character from her from, from where I sit. I think it's a, it's also a, another time it's a good lesson that the media has to learn is these people they're not your friends you're there to cover them uh, they would, um, you know, I'd see people and there was one point she was alternating doing weekly sit downs with the television stations and the TV people would say, she's so tremendous. She's so accessible. They no, she was using your airwaves to get out certain talking points and a message when she was having the daily press briefings at one point, 
and you had to email your questions in, she was using your airwaves to get her message out. With her, it's all business. It's all business. If anyone that you know mistook thought for some reason was mistaken thinking that we they have a special connection or anything, she she quickly uh, showed last week that she is not going to take in. And, and I, by the way, I think there is an element. If you're going to still hold the office, then you you can't just go into a bubble, which she's doing. Basically, now I think she's just getting ready for her Senate confirmation hearing. You want to be up to speed. Uh, this is someone who I can imagine she's just devouring as much information as she can. Speaking to people who have held the job, you know, she wants to go in and wow people. The same time last week, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee had his first, soon to be Governor McKee, had his first press briefing at Cellos in Warwick. Uh, what did you think of that, Justin Katz? Well, you know, I, I, I want to be careful of not being overly optimistic um, after the experience of the last six years. But, you know, I, I it does feel like there's a going to be an immediate kind of change of tone with Mickey. I like a lot of the the, the, the way he put things, you know, even if, whether it's, you know, his COVID thing, stay positive, test negative. I mean, it's that's kind of, it's better than, you know, cooler and warmer. Um, but, and statements like, I know I need I need to earn your trust. It sounds, maybe I'm a sucker, but it sounds more sincere from him. And I did like yeah. also, and it might it might have just been a political slip, but I did pick up on, he was saying, uh, he was trying to talk about get Rhode Island back, Rhode Islanders back on her feet. And he said, he actually said, which is almost stunning and courageous in this current environment. It doesn't matter if you're a minority family, not a minority family. It doesn't matter if you're uh, in a public school, a charter school or a private school. I mean, either that indicates courage or just a blunder, but, but either way, it's kind of, kind of refreshing to hear that sort of rhetoric. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I think there's a lot to people's comments that he does come from a business background and from a, a municipal executive background as a mayor. Uh, and I think that will that will show through. He's not, whereas Raimondo was an investment, which is different from running a business and has always been at the state level and obviously from the start, very focused on her career going forward. You just get a very different sense from, from McKee. I agree. And I think, Justin, there's, there's two groups that I noticed that seem to be behind him. One is he has been uh, making contacts with a lot of small business people. Uh, since the summer, since they weren't getting the money they should have been getting. I don't think a lot of people fully understand that Governor Mundo was supposed to be distributing that money. Instead, she held it. And by holding it, it stayed in the state budget. And therefore, they didn't have to lay off any state workers. So state workers really got preference over a lot of the businesses that should have got that that PPE money. But so number one, I saw a lot of postings on social media of business people who were excited about him. We haven't seen that in a while. And number two, he has kind of been in the trenches with a lot of the cities and towns. You know, Mayor Lombardi, Mayor of North Providence, who I happen to like a lot. He's a big fan of his. He went to Cellos. He has a good relationship with the Mayor Johnson, Joe Palacina. By the way, both of those guys are guys that have voted for Trump. So um, he has two – you know, you didn't see George Nee standing in the crowd. You didn't see Bob Walsh, you know, in the lobby uh, waiting around. Um, I, I think it's going to be healthy for the state. Change can be good. And if McKee can keep those groups as allies, business people and people that I think run pretty good cities and towns, meaning the way Mayor Lombardi and Mayor Palacino run their things, um, I think he's going to be in good shape. But what do you make of this? And he's inherited this. This isn't his fault. But now he's actually asking anyone who wants to be the lieutenant governor to put it in writing. This is when you think about it, Justin, this is archaic and, and it's just this element that then 
he's the lieutenant governor. He's about to be the governor. And then he just gets to pick who the next lieutenant governor is. Now, an interesting name was floated out, and it was done as a trial balloon. And that is Secretary of State Nellie Gorbia, who she's term limited out. Uh, I think she looks at it. She's trying to pitch him as, hey, listen, you could get I know you want Diosa for the Latino vote, but you could take me out of the race for governor. Plus, I'm a woman because there are people that want you to pick a woman so you could pick a, a woman Latino. Um, what do you make of this now? This it's it's kind of like a competition to become the next lieutenant governor. Yeah, I was, I was thinking it was it was it's almost like a a magnified like version the of the governor for, well no governor for a day everybody should write an essay to why, they, why should i be the lieutenant governor maybe we can let the school kids do it too because they could do the job just as well uh yeah I, it is very strange although there again i'm kind of incurred he's i mean he's put, putting together a, a process that'll be relatively easy to follow one presumes with a, a people who review the applications and he's saying you know if if the general assembly wants to express their preference i'm not going to challenge them in court or so it does seem to be, it's it's a unique situation uh in large part because the lieutenant governor's office is is pretty much useless in, in rhode island except to prepare to have somebody in place who will become the governor um so I, I do think there's there's an archaic process, I, but I think the politics of it are with this this kind of identity politics and the, the general assembly. That's probably not the way to go about it. I mean, uh, hopefully, McKee has learned from his own experience as lieutenant governor during a pandemic. The as we've discussed before, Raimondo should have had him involved. Uh, so whoever um, who, I, whoever McKee picks or or is confirmed or whoever. I guess if on the outside, if there were a special election, which seems seems like a pretty much a waste of taxpayer money, but uh, it, I hope it's somebody that McKee will. He's considering that it's somebody who will, he will work with uh, to to keep up the speed and not just some office like an, a little activist corner of the the state house for somebody who happened to get enough votes to, for a do nothing job. So it is as you see, archaic's a good a good term for it. Um, but I think it's should one of those they things, run as a ticket? Should they run as a ticket? In mass, they do. And in Massachusetts, they do. And where that seemed to be, really work was uh, the lieutenant governor of Massachusetts, Governor Baker, Polito, she was the point person on the Paw Sox deal. So I just wonder, you know, I, I don't agree like Steve Fryas that we should just get rid of the office. Like you're missing the point. It's this, if anything, shows you have to have a lieutenant governor because she's leaving. So McKee does take it over. But what about if this was then switched and then they have to run as a ticket? Because in mass, they they do run it run as a ticket. I mean, I know it would be an adjustment here in Rhode Island, but at least if you're going to have the office, the way I think it's set up now, it does seem to be a waste. But if you they ran as a ticket, as they do in other states, at least there'd be some use of the office if you're going to have that. Yeah, you know, I, you I would have gone until – last week <laughs> I, I probably would have gone along with that but now you know i'm kind of reevaluating, considering that we're switching from somebody who i think i've thought has been terrible raimondo to somebody who seems like he's, he's going to be pretty good mckee mm. now if they run that if she runs as a ticket i don't think she brings mckee in i think she brings I she think. she brings in all those other okay. things so there so it is kind of nice to have that that reversal okay. on the other hand if if the people did elect the governor then and now they're going to get a lieutenant governor who's very different. Are they getting what they've they voted for? That's it's, it's yeah. another question. I think, I don't know, I would probably at this point, especially at least for an interim period, uh, prefer to see 
them separately elected, but work together as professionals. And that I, th I think it, you could see a case, and maybe we'll see this out of McKee with the next election, um, where in de facto he runs as a ticket with the lieutenant governor, although they're not by law connected in any way. So you don't necessarily have to vote, vote for both of them. Uh, I think that would be a, a a good interim solution to try while we while we work this out. Of course, it might be that might be a reason to to next time around call a constitutional convention because here we've got this this kind of central position in state government that nobody knows what to do with. So maybe that's something for mm -hmm. a constitutional convention to consider. Folks, he is the managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Stay safe. Folks, remember for all your tree service. Well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006. And also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439 6028 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at Yankee Tree Service, they'll license arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com.